gentlemen it must be the holiday season because i need a reason to give you a repeater of the preach cast that's right ladies and gentlemen it's episode 82 and because we have been just filling our stockings with so much care and tenderness and love our friend glenn he's at from the crib He's feeling a little ill today. How you feeling? You, you hanging in? Uh, I'm surviving, man, but my voice has a little bit of extra, extra layer of bass to it. That's not exactly natural. He's sharp, and we just caught a hack of a Switch It Up show, ladies and gentlemen. So go over, check out the Switch It Up show, do that. Be sure to check out our friend Glenn. He's at From the Crib. He is doing the happy horror days, ladies and gentlemen. He, Like I said, the stocking's full with care, and Lord knows what else is there. He's got some creepy crawlies for us. Check him out. I am Seth Trav. I have been doing Seth Trav's super special holiday specials. Special. And I've been keeping it going. We're going to keep hitting you with them. Uh, I don't want to get too much into it because you know how I am with it. Uh, I love it. But ladies and gentlemen, because we are both feeling fairly ill, we're going to roll back that clock. As I said, it's the repeater preach for you. And we're going to hand you the episode because tomorrow, when this episode comes out, which is today, you're going to be hearing the new season Ultimate Beastmaster Season 2 drops for us. I know it's an Olympic winner. I understand that. But this is our real games. This is it for us. This is the real deal Holyfield. In the new year, 2017, Dave Broom is going to join us again. But ladies and gentlemen, we're going to hit you with our first episode with him. That's right now. Uh, We're playing it back for you. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, always practice what you preach. This episode of the Priestcast is brought to you in part by Adam Tickets. If you're headed to the movies this weekend, be sure to use Adam Tickets to purchase your concessions, invite your friends, choose your seats, and of course, be sure to use the promo code PREESHUS, P-R-E-E-S-H-U-S, to save $5 off your total. And now, episode 48 of the Priestcast. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? You're going to want to save the date because it's episode 48 of The Preachcast. As always, sir, your rhymes are on point. <laughs> they have been lately. And today, it really had to be on because we've got a very super special guest today. That's Mr. David Broom, creator of The Biggest Loser and a follow-up to last week's episode, The Ultimate Beastmaster, the new hit show on Netflix. I'm, I'm loving this show, man. It's, it's just a good time. Dude, we're what? Four episodes deep? And it is awesome. Yep. Everyone, a lot of people are talking about it. And, uh, you know, even like people just seem to be watching it, uh, really cheering people on. I, I'm, I'm a fan. It's just fun to watch. It is. It's a great time. And I'm sure it's going to be a great time talking to David. That's going to be a little bit later on in the show, ladies and gentlemen. But first, you know what time it is. Of course you do, because you're a long-time listener and a first-time lover. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. It's time for Just Preach. Bye. This, ladies and gentlemen, of course, is the segment 
and the time we give you to booter your pooters. Head on over to trailers.apple.com. From there, you want to click the most popular new trailer. It's the one we've never heard of. The one we know nothing about. Because we want to give you something new, something bold, something exciting. And today, ladies and gentlemen, the movie is Otamika. Yeah, that's uh, that's one pronunciation. Yeah, Otamika. You think? Yeah, I think I think you're I think you're close. I think you're close. What's your with that pr- one. pronunciation on that one? Atomica. Atomica. Yeah. Okay. Okay. You, you see where I'm getting now, that, right? Judging from this poster, what do you think about it? How do you feel? Mm, you know what it reminds me of? You're gonna you're gonna hate it because you always give me a hard time about this movie. It reminds me of that one scene, uh, like with uh, uh, with the designers in Prometheus, where oh, they get the to the designers. end of it, where oh. they get to the end, and it's like the open room. That's what it looks yeah. like. I don't know. I'm going with uh, my my themes are going to be space, space and adventure. Those are my those are my keywords. It's looking like it's a sci-fi film. Yeah. What do you, what do you uh, think? Um, I thought Solaris. Okay. All right. I, saw it. I could see Solaris. that. Is it Definitely the uh, spacey? Is it the color palette uh, in that uh, photo that makes you think Solaris? Think it yeah. That, it's that uh, sepia tone. Ooh. I want to say the Insta filter applied. We, you know, yeah, you get nothing but the uh, the highbrow <laughs> analytics here on the Preachcast. <laughs> <laughs> of course you do. Hopefully, ladies and gentlemen, you had the time to boot of those pooters. Because in three, two, one, we're gonna just. Preach play. I love it. Sci-fi jumping right in. As you do. Epic. Space. <laughs> Dare I say adventure? It's the largest nuclear waste repository in the southern hemisphere. My God. Who are you? I'm here to get you back online. It's this place to the walls. Ground. Dominic Monaghan showing up. Gets in you. I saw a man in the desert. And he's hurt. And he needs our help. What is that? Precaution. What happened to me? He doesn't seem to remember anything. Does he seem dangerous to you? Well, things aren't always what they seem. We need to get out of here. We don't have much time. I know the truth. Is there something you're not telling me? That's under control. Tell the truth. Tell her the truth right now! Seems like 10 Cloverfield Lane on, like, an alien planet. It does. I think it's still Earth, though, right? Could Southern be. Hemisphere? Well, I mean, other planets, but it's Southern Hemisphere. Atomica. Okay. You know, that looks pretty good. I gotta be honest with you. That looks pretty neat. And I would a- watch it. I like Dominic Monaghan. And it's a sci-fi. I mean, the first thing that you see on the on the screen is sci-fi, like you know, films. I, I and it's coming into theaters as well. Yeah, good for sci-fi. They've been putting out those uh, Sharknado movies, right? Left and right, sir. But you know, people <laughs> people people watch those movies, and 
to their credit, this trailer looks good. Like, the story looks cool. A little bit of a mystery. I'm intrigued. Yeah, I'll definitely check it out. Uh, Speaking of uh, checking out movies, sir, are you going to be checking out any of the films featured on this week's episode of Coming Attractions? (laughs) (laughs) So, Coming Attractions is our weekly recap of the movies that are coming out in the theaters near you. I go through a few of the selections and kind of just give you a brief overview for each film, and then you reach out to us on the Twittersphere at PreachCast and let us know what you're checking out. So let's go ahead and dive right into one that I know Mr. Trav is going to be very, very excited with, and that is Logan. Uh, then oh. I don't even know what number we are on for Wolverine. Um, but the synopsis for Logan in the near future, a wary Logan cares for an ailing Professor X in a hideout on the Mexican border. But Logan's attempts to hide from the world and his legacy are upended when a young mutant arrives, being pursued by dark forces. Um, <laughs> I mean, I need, like, at this point, like, with all these X-Men movies, I need, like, uh, Wolverine for dummies. Because there's just way too much going on. I have I have no idea. I'm sorry. I, I can't. I can't do it. I can't jump in at, like, movie number 10. Uh, How about you? I'm in. I'm all in. This is the Wolverine movie that we've all hoped and wanted. Um, it, it, it looks great, man. This is Hugh Jackman hanging it up. This is his swan song. All right, man. Well, I hope How it's... How long has uh, been playing Wolverine? Almost 20 years at this point? Oh, my God. Like, the very first movie came out, um, like, what, in the late... I don't know, like, early... 99? Yeah, probably right around that point. It's at least 15 years, sir, if not more. So, hopefully this is Dude. the movie that uh, that you want. Mm-hmm. Um, next up, we have Before I Fall. Um, for this one, it's almost like a little bit of a Groundhog's Day. February 12th is just another day in Sam's charmed life until it turns out to be her last. Struck reliving her last day over in one exp- <laughs> in one week, Sam untangles the mystery, mystery around her death and discovers everything she's in danger of losing. Uh, for Basically, for one week, she relives the last day of her life over and over again, I guess. Just a week? Well, yeah, I guess so. Until, like, you know, the resolution happens. Maybe she finds out what's missing, what's causing her to go through this. Uh, who Bill knows? Connors lived hundreds of years in that day. I mean, hey, I don't know what to tell you. If you want to find out a little bit more, you should go check out Before I Fall. I won't be there. And, <laughs> and lastly, we have The Shack. Um, this one actually has Sam Worthington and Tim McGraw. Um, a grieving man receives a mysterious personal invitation to meet with God at a place called The Shack. Um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's actually God, Tim McGraw. No, I, I don't really know who. Uh, actually, no, God is not Tim McGraw. Uh, Tim McGraw is Willie. He plays Willie. And Sam Worthington has probably one of the coolest names I've ever seen in this movie. He is Mac Phillips. Mac Phillips. Yes, sir. Um, I don't really know too much about this, aside from it is a drama and fantasy movie, it says. It is rated PG-13. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know about this one, man. Gotta have a good hook for me. Uh, and this one just doesn't seem to have it. Don't want to talk about God in a shack isn't a good hook for you? I don't know. I need. I need something. I need something else. I'm not, not sure. Not a fan of heading out back to have a convo with the Lord. I mean, may, I mean, maybe, maybe. Maybe you crack a bud. <laughs> that's how that happens. I think that's what goes on. I think you and God, you share a tall boy. Maybe okay. you fish a little. Depends what your property looks like. Who, there might be a crick. Who plays the? No. First of all, let me tell you something. I'm gonna lay this out here right now. There is it is never a crick. Okay, it's a creek. Who plays me in this movie? 
Dawson Dawson's Crick who's playing you in yeah. the movie? Yeah. Oh my god, Topher Grace. Topher Grace. Okay. You know what? It could be worse. It could be worse. Uh, Who would you get to play you? I don't know. I think that's good. I think that's good. I'm giving you credit. To- for Topher Grace? Yeah, I'm congratulating you, sir. Just like you're going to be congratulating me in... America's new favorite game show, Trivial Pursuit. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. This time we're going to try to get the Glen when we head on over to AMC Super Movie Quiz. And that's the game you got to Google because the URL is... Ray. <laughs> there you go. We, we, I'm telling you, I'm A-plus on our transitions. I'm going to go ahead and pat, give myself a little pat on the back with that oh, one. I feel, there you it. Go. I feel it days away from my undisclosed location in the wilds of Pennsylvania. This time, ladies and gentlemen, we're heading over to AMC Super Movie Quiz. We're playing Super Movie Quiz number 25. Uh, hopefully that's my lucky number, sir, because I have been suffering at the, at the sheer intellect of of seth trab lately it has been just it has been your is been the show of seth oh you're damn right i kill it i <laughs> Although, kill it in the super movie quiz I, I gotta last say, week mm-hmm. was a little bit more difficult certainly was you know you had this thing that odds were the evens were the easy one we're Not gonna see much. next time number 25 is gonna be easy for you i'm hoping man i'm hoping why don't you go ahead and give me a little bit of a score recap so right now, you currently sit with a score of seven. I have a score of eighteen. Okay, all right. You know what though? Um, I feel like that's still. I feel like this is very much still doable. It's important to believe. You always got to think positive. I think I. You know, I believe in you, bro. Thank you. I, I'm not. I'm not. I'm a gracious winner. I wanna, you know, I, wanna... I hope to have a strong competition. You know what? In in the uh, in. In the interest of strong t- competition, uh, I have a proposal for you. I actually came upon this while I was driving the other day. You know, I'm in deep, in, deep in thought as I'm stuck in traffic. And a way I, to bamboozle the rules, it sounds like. Yes, yes, it is actually. <laughs> Although <laughs> it can work, I feel like it can work out in both favors. So, what if, right now, I, I, I feel like neither, neither one of us have ever done this. But let's say that we are progressing through trivial pursuit, right? You're answering, mm. you're on fire. Question after question after question, right? Everything's correct. Time runs out. I propose that you keep going until you get one wrong. You okay? So you just want to keep going until you get one wrong. And this is only, and now is this only in a sense that you have to be on like a hot streak? Yep, that's it. Like you keep it going. Now, if I, if or you miss, we give you at the end, like the you, very end, we give you a one last question, and you can just keep playing until you get it wrong. Exactly. Okay, I exactly. like that. Although, if you, if at any point you get one wrong, that's not. It doesn't happen. Doesn't matter if you okay. get the first one wrong, then you get the next like the ten right. When the time runs out, time runs out. It's like the prize for getting everything correct. None of us have ever done this before, so okay. I think it might be neat. You're looking for a sudden death. I'm looking for I'm looking for like a, a prayer, basically. I'm hoping, like you know, in my I don't know craziness, that maybe I'll string together a bunch. But I don't think it's gonna happen. If anything, you're just gonna pull further ahead. But oh, I, absolutely. But you're hoping for a Seth sudden death slam. I'm that's that's it, sir. I'm ready. That's, I got the, I that's got the maneuver. We're gonna call it. I'm I'm I got too much energy. I'm ready to go. All right, man. Twenty one questions this month on AMC Super Movie Quiz. It says month. In the header. Hopefully you're playing along. All right, sir. Ready? Load up that music. All right. In three, two, one. Let's go, sir. Which film featured the final film role of horror icon Vincent Price? The abominable Mr. Thebes, Edward Scissorhands, Theater of Blood, or Whale of August? Uh, let's go with Edward Scissorhands. 
I believe you are correct, sir. And you are correct, sir. That's one. What music, musical biopic film about singer Bobby Darren was directed, written, produced, and starred Kevin Spacey? Under the Sea. Beyond beyond the the Sea, yep. It is Beyond the Sea, sir. You are correct. That's two. What early talkie gangster film was notable as having the first voiceover narration in an American film? City Streets, Little Caesar, Public Enemy, or Smart Money? Let's go with Little Caesar. Little Caesar, pizza, pizza. Ooh, don't want to be it. It was Steel City. City Streets, rather. No problem. Uh, For which of the following films was George Clooney, director, star, and screenwriter? Confessions of a Dangerous Mind, The Good German, Good Night and Good Luck, Solaris. I think The Good German. The Good German, you think? Yeah. I'm pretty sure it was Confessions of a Dangerous Mind. It was Good Night and Good Luck. Ooh, we were all wrong. Uh, who played the uncredited role of the narrator in Alive, 1993, the true life adventure of Uruguayan rugby team survivors in the Andes plane crash who had to resort to cannibalism? Peter Coyote, Ethan Hawke, John Malkovich, or Kevin Spacey? Let's go with uh, John Malkovich. John Malkovich is a narrator in 93's Alive. It was. Wow. That's great. Awesome. In which of the following Kevin Smith directed films have the fictional characters of Jay and Silent Bob appeared? Clerks 2, Cop Out, Jersey Girl, Jack, Zach and Mary make a poor round. You want to know which ones are in? Which one are they in? What are, what are those films again? Clerks 2, Cop Out, Jersey Girl, or Zach and Mary make a porno? You only want one? Yes. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure they're in. They Zach were and, only in one of those movies. Oh, Zach and Mary, I think. Zach and Mary, you're saying? Yeah. It was Clerks too. Oh, oh yeah, they're on that too. Yeah. It was the mysterious masked man in black who pursued Buttercup, Robin Wright, and her captors in The Princess Bride, Fezzik, Ingo Montoya, Prince Pumperdink, or Wesley. Uh, I believe the first one. Fezzik. Yep. It was Wesley. Oh, no. Which of the following was not nominated for an Oscar for the film Cold Mountain 2003? Nicole Kidman, Jude Law, Sting, or Renee Zellweger? Uh, let's go with Renee Zellweger. Renee Zellweger. It was Nicole Kidman not nominated. Think about that. Which 80s pop star directed Under the Cherry Moon? Bon Jovi, Madonna, Michael Jackson, or Prince? Uh, Prince? was, in fact, Prince. That's four. Which film contained Greta Garbo's first speaking role? Anna Christie, Camilla, uh, Matahari, or Romance? Uh, you, you <laughs> uh, let's go with, uh, let's go with option C, number three, sir. Is that Matahari? Matahari. It was Anna Christie. Okay, okay. That's four. Hey, you know what? That's, that, that's almost respectable. I think it Almost was respectable. I was a little hung up on that Kevin Smith one. I'm like, I'm like, I'm pretty sure there are in a few of those. No, it was only one of them, and it was only Clerks too. Ah, maybe you only see Jay in Zach and Mary. I feel like you see one of them. Uh, Jay doesn't play Jay in Zach and Mary. Oh, we'll see. That's see, that's a, a problem. I see him, and I just assume he's got to assume it's Jay. Yeah, I mean, if Kevin Smith film, I feel like that's I feel like that's allowed. But that's I think okay. so a little bit. That's okay. <laughs> So, ladies and gentlemen, I think it's time for us to roll into our interview today with the creator of Biggest Loser and the Ultimate Beastmaster, David Broom. Yeah, so I've been you know, making television shows for nearly 20 years and uh, mainly unscripted reality, but several scripted projects as well. Um, and, uh, you know, I created The Biggest Loser on NBC and I still executive produced that show back in uh, 2004 and um you know most of the shows that i do uh i like to have some kind of a physical aspect to them but with 
some underlying rootability, whether it's a, an underdog that you're trying to root for or a heart story that you're going after. Um, so not just a pure physical kind of a, a series. It's got to have a little story to it for me. And, uh, you know, our latest series, Ultimate Beastmaster, that I'm producing with uh, Sylvester Stallone, who's my, uh, you know, my producing partner. Um, I created it uh, several years ago. It took a, it took a long time to get this project off the ground um, because of just the scope and magnitude of it. It's probably the biggest unscripted show that's ever been attempted anywhere around the world. And I just had the idea that I wanted to try to bring a, a video game like a Super Mario Brothers to life. And what if we were to take some of the world's top athletes, amateurs, and maybe former professionals, and give them a chance to kind of be into this game and run this crazy course? And when I started to work with that concept, I had this idea of creating this Transformers-like beast. And so the course is all enclosed, or, you know, encompassed around this crazy set 600 feet long and 85 feet high and i don't know if you guys have seen any of what the footage looks like but it's it's pretty crazy and Absolutely. so uh it's been going extremely well uh you know really 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 well received around the world which is great so uh that's that's the the short piece to, to ultimate beast Master. and uh, fire away we'll get into some details Absolutely. Um, it is an incredible, incredible concept. Um, I did have a chance. I think we're both at episode six. I did watch the uh, season finale. I saw how that whole thing ended. And it was it was an incredibly good time. And it's a lot like you said, a real live action video game. Um, when you originally came up with the show, did you conceive it and make it and then try to pitch it to different networks? Um, at what point did Netflix get involved with you, and how much involvement have they had with you moving forward? Yeah, when I when I conceive the show, when when I come up with the show and I create the whatever we're looking to do, I I first I don't think about where I'm going to take it and who I'm going to bring it to. Since I make shows for everybody, um, I I first work on the creative, and I that set that you're seeing in real life took me a year to build first on a digital in a digital cgi way so we created this crazy looking digital graphic uh almost to to like to scale um so that took a lot of thought and process and then from there i went in and i brought it to netflix and the idea was to create this global competition you know i knew what i wanted to do right away with it with netflix and i had made several different projects for them, and I'm very close with Netflix, and I have a, a very unique partnership with them. So uh, I, I knew exactly how I wanted the show to be constructed. As you guys know, there are six different countries in the, in the first season um, and six different languages in every episode. So it is truly like this Olympics meets a video game um, kind of a vibe to it. And that is a very unique um, kind of a, of, a, of a piece of creative that can really only live on a platform like Netflix because of it their really 190-something countries around the world in their reach. Yeah, it, it really is. And as I'm watching it, I, I 
do see that it is a real global sort of powerhouse. Like you said, it's like the Olympics meets a video game. Um, the countries are all very well represented, and you seem to have gotten some really interesting commentators for the program. Yeah. And that's actually one of my favorite pieces about Ultimate Beastmaster are these great commentary teams. Like Terry Crews, he's obviously he's incredible. You got Anderson Silva over there representing Brazil. Um, I love the Korean announced team. Everybody loves the Koreans. I knew when we were making the show that they would be the breakout stars. And in fact, the social media has been so crazy about them that there are all these gifts that have been created and memes have been created. And we're going to take that and have some fun with it. I mean, there's not, it seems like every minute somebody else is posting something about the Korean hosts. They are so fun to watch. I absolutely love them. I, I wound up cheering for South Korea, you know? Like, I was, I was screaming I along with them. Park Young, you know? Park, yeah, Park Young, yeah, I know. And that, yeah, that's, you know, they're, they're so, pr- what I think is so cool is just the country pride that, you know, of course, not only they have, everyone has, but it, it, that's the, that's the real, I guess not unexpected, but I guess the real joy of it when you're making a show like this and you see this, not only the pride that they have for their own country, but the camaraderie between all these countries. That was a, that was a neat part of making this series. It, it was awesome to watch because you see all these people coming and competing against each other, but at various points throughout the series, you see them all cheering each other on and being like, oh my God, this obstacle is so crazy. Ah, oh, he was close to getting it. Um, how did you manage to uh, go about vetting all these people? Because you're getting people from all walks of life. Like, you've got yeah. former Olympic athletes. You've got doctors in there. Uh, everybody's coming from every background, and that's really incredible. So what was the process of actually getting the contestants? Yeah, th- this was, you know, the, one of the biggest undertakings outside of making the actual set. And we came up with a... Um, uh, first, uh, a, a starting point of a fitness test, a universal fitness test that we wanted to have everybody go through um, around the world so we knew what kind of an athlete they were. And, you know, th- this, is, this is no joke of an obstacle course. It tr- we no. set out to make the most physically demanding course in the world, and, and I think we've accomplished that. And so we knew that we had to have really good competitors. You're seeing people fail in early stages of the of the show, um, not because they're bad athletes, just because that's how tough the course is. So we reached out one of the other executive producers, Young Yam is her name, and who works uh, at 25-7, which is our production company. Um, she did an incredible job of reaching out to uh, all the various countries and finding uh, a, a local casting team to work alongside us. And from there, we you know, needed to adjust to each of the country's various uh, you know, personalities and, 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 and cultural tastes. So, for example, you know, some countries are big into CrossFit. Other countries are not. Some countries are big into working um, and running and doing more physical um, workouts outside. Others are not. So it's, it's really finding uh, and kind of going underneath each rock to find the very best people. That's what a, a casting process to any of these shows is, is make or break. 
it, it, that will determine whether or not you've got a great show or not. Because you can have the best creative and the best physical course in this case, but if you can't find the right people to run it and people that have great stories and great levels of athleticism, you're dead. So in Absolutely. this case... Yeah, you know, we, we, we basically made everybody, we gave them the fitness test. We gave them six or seven different exercise routines that they needed to follow, to, to do and, and do it within a time limit and have it videotaped. And we evaluated and graded each one of these tests. We had a whole true committee that sat down and looked at it uh, at each casting tape to see, you know, do they have the strength? Do they have the balance? Is there the mental fortitude in this? Some of these obstacles really kind of can mess with your mind. So we yeah. want to see if they can get through that. And we graded it um, and scored it, basically. And anybody who sat in that upper tier were the people who we pushed through. And everybody else, um, you know, just never had a, an opportunity to come on. And, you know, a first-season show like this is really tough because none of them – knew what the obstacles were. They had no idea what Ultimate Beastmaster was. You know, mm -hmm. for all they knew, they were going to come on to a show and tame some, you know, wild animals. You know, <laughs> We told them it's a physical show, but we couldn't share with them exactly what the, the obstacles were until they saw it in person. So you really, you know, as the series goes on and on and we get into more, uh, more seasons, I think the world will actually... Um, start to train for these kinds of obstacles that we've got, and it'll be even more challenging for us to push the limits so we don't make it too easy for people. So, But a first-season show like this, it's tough, and I think this cast did a great job. Yeah, I think this cast did a great job, not only uh, physically, but I love the little uh, like kind of vignettes with them where you kind of get a moment to get a little bit of a glimpse of their story and their background of where they come from. So you kind of get to align with some of those people and pick your favorites and who you really want to root for. You definitely get pulled into it as you're watching uh, the show for sure. Um, was there, uh, we were wondering, was there like a similar selection process when it came towards, uh, the commentators? Because seeing them, um, we definitely recognize like some of them, but like, I'm wondering as like, you know, when we get to like Germany and some of the other countries, like, like how, how are those, uh, commentators? Chosen? Yeah. Yeah. So th what we tried to do, th the show has, is serious. It's a real serious athletic competition, but at the same time, we didn't want to, um, take ourselves so seriously we wanted to have fun with it mm -hmm. um not not like wipeout if you guys have seen that show yeah. which is yeah. slapsticky and not what this is but so we wanted to find the balance between people who had either a sports background um or a comedic background with some with a sports passion so when you're looking at germany and you're looking at Luke or Hans, you're looking at a former football or soccer player, and you're looking at another comedian who's done some sporting events. So it, we could add some flavor to it. Because, it, you know, it, the show is supposed to be a fun ride. And being too serious, like just a pure like play-by-play -play of a sporting event, wouldn't work for us. But being too comedic would push it in the other direction. So that's how we kind of went about finding the pieces of talent. You know, who would be the best marriage? Because every episode, every you know, country has two hosts. And, you know, Anderson Silva and Rafina for Brazil 
is a really good example. Anderson is obviously a legendary MMA, yep. um, you know, fighter, and has, is an amazing athlete himself. Rafina is one of the biggest comedians in in all of Brazil, and with and as a passionate sports guy. So when you put the two of them together, you know that was the right balance of of the play by play, and I think. You know what a lot of people are commenting on. Like I'm, I'm looking on Twitter right now, and you know I, the feeds just keep on coming out saying, you know, I love Ultimate Beastmaster. One of the most interesting things are the, are the local languages included in, in each uh, global rollout, and people are really taking to that, and which is what I was hoping would happen. So you need personalities who can really, uh, you know, pop and you. As an American audience, the listening to uh, Anderson and Rafina speak Portuguese, and even in the subtitle of what we're doing, really connect to it and have some fun with it. So that was the thought process behind that, and I think it's working well. Yeah, I I com- completely agree with you. I think it's I think it's great. Um, I did notice the other day too that um, you can actually watch here in the United States. You can actually watch um, the um, the Mexican version of uh, Ultimate Beastmaster. We have access to be able to watch that. Is there any plan in the future to be able to maybe watch it from like the perspective of another commentator team? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, we definitely wanted to to do this across the um, you know across the world. Um, th- this is. This show, this series is is breaking into new territory in lots and lots of areas. Um, from a technical standpoint, which I could tell you guys about and maybe bore you a little bit about that, um, from a from a scope and scale, but also from this language aspect. And um, Netflix as a platform, this is you know going with this approach, having six different versions of a similar show with the localization. Has never been done. So the goal, certainly for season two, and potentially even for season one, since we're seeing such a great demand of people saying, I wish I could listen to some of the other broadcasts, some of the other hosts in their language, we're working right now with Netflix to get that done. It's a, it's a technical thing that has to happen, but, but, it, it's in the works, and we think we're going to be able to roll it out, although we don't have anything official yet. We would like that, and it's definitely our plan. I feel like that's a great problem to have when you have such a high demand where people just want to not only watch the you know the localized version for their area, but then want to reach out and to watch it in other languages too. Like That's got to be great. I, I think it's so cool. You know, I was, I was I, I, I getting these, all these Google alerts and stuff, and so any time something's written on the show it, it's popping up in my inbox and yesterday i had there was this mommy blogger site that just said <laughs> for the whole family you, just, you have to watch this series and one of the things because it is a lot of fun to sit down and kids are loving it with parents as well and one of the things that she talks about in this piece is that you having those different languages in there the kids are just really digging it and wanting more of that. And so that is such a cool thing to see. And look, you know, in today's times to get, you know, this is a fun show. We never made it to, uh, to, to take on any, you know, bigger purpose than just 
have fun, put it on, see some incredible athletes, laugh a bit. Um, but what it's really doing is it's showing a lot of cultures coming together, a lot of languages blending together, a respect for this international aspect to the series. And, you know, we want to we wanna help propel that forward by, by offering up all these different versions. So it's, it's just cool. It's really, I'm, as a producer and a creator, I, I can't tell you guys what, how special it is. It's just a very unique opportunity. Yeah, I mean, it's and, and for some people, this might even be like the like you bring up watching it with the family and like with younger children. This might be their first experience seeing subtitles and actually like actively that's engaging right. with them. So, I mean, that's that's something that's really to to be proud of. Yeah, um, I you know you know it, it's funny around the world they're used to subtitles, and in America we're a bit lazy with them. Yeah, and it takes a special program or show to or film to kind of cut through um but here we have an interesting blend because the visualness is so spectacular um you're hooked into it from a picture standpoint and you're you're totally on board to read the 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 dialogue that's up there um, because it's engaging you in a different way. It's a, it's a really interesting test. You know, typically, and I'm one. I'm like, I, I've got ADD uh, myself, and I'm just sitting there as a consumer, forget as a producer, and it takes a lot for me to watch something that's fully subtitled. It's really got to grab my attention. Um, but I think that's what we're experiencing right here, and I, we could see it from the responses. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, it's certainly it certainly keeps your attention and it's very engaging. I got to ask you uh, a question as uh, as a fan of the show. I love all the backstory that we get for all of the contestants, and I am dying to know if we're ever going to get kind of like uh, a backstory for uh, the Beast. Uh, if uh, in a way, the Beast is kind of its own character. So I'm wondering if maybe in season two, if we'll find out a little bit more uh, about it, uh, or if even if uh, on a, like a more serious note, um, like if there'll ever be any kind of like making of, because the undertaking that this um, must have gone through to like come to fruition must have been immense. Yeah. Um, you kind of putting a smile on my face on a couple of those questions. I, um, <laughs> I, I wrote a full-out treatment of a backstory on this beast. I love it. Uh, a full-on <laughs> what you would, truly what it would be the making of, you know, the, the, the film version of this. Um, where this thing came from. Why is it here? How is it here? What does it mean? And we had a lot of fun with it. And there was a part of me that wanted to get that backstory out um, in our first season. I was a bit worried that I did not want to show the the athletes, the competitors from around the world, any lack of respect yeah. for their abilities as true athletes. I didn't want to take away from that in the first season, and I wanted to set it up as you know this. Look, this is a series obstacle course with mm -hmm. some really amazing things that are getting done by people. Definitely. And so my thought was. Let's roll out that backstory and have some fun with it as we move on from cycle to cycle. And, and there's some really fun stuff that we have planned. Um, so uh, thanks for asking for that because I, I, there's a whole graphic novel that we're looking to do off of this. And there's some really neat oh, stuff yes. that, 
that any of the fanboys or fangirls out there, I think, would dig and have some fun with. Um, on the making of, we did shoot um, something pretty elaborate. Th- this set, um, you know, if you get to episode, when you get to episode nine before the finale, you will get a little tease at a time lapse that, um, that shows that I opened the episode with. It's, uh, I waited to, to episode nine, but you'll see it in about a 45 second or minute time lapse just to see, to give a hint of this. But we did a very elaborate making of, and we definitely have plans on, uh, on putting that out. It's, this was the, the marriage of, uh, you know, a tremendous physical build of these obstacles and the trust work for the set. And at the same time, the marriage of this crazy artwork that had to get carved and constructed and lifted and craned up. I mean, it was, I have a blueprint. This is like building a, a, a skyscraper in a way. We had to do elaborate engineering plans. Um, so there's some really cool stuff here, and we're going to put it out. That'll be great. I can't. I can't wait to check that out. And I bet you that'll even bring people who maybe um, hadn't had a chance to check out uh, the series yet. Maybe people who might be a fan of more, like you know, how things are made, and be like, oh, you know what? Maybe I will check this out. So I think. I think that'll be great, both for current fans and for future ones too. Yeah, definitely, definitely. It's it's interesting. It's it's definitely fascinating to see how some of this stuff goes. And it's. I think it takes in. We did something that took into even a deeper level than what you would typically see in like a, a making of in, a, in, in, in a, how a film gets made. There, there's, a, there's a lot behind this. So um, I, I think people will really get into it. I'm, uh, we're, we're actually editing it now. Oh, that's phenomenal. Do you have yeah. any kind of idea for like a time frame for this at all? I don't know. You know, it's a good question. I, uh, I, I don't. I would say with, I'm hoping within the next couple of weeks, actually, is, is, oh. our, is our goal. That's great. Yeah, it'd be great. We'll put it up. It'll it'll end up probably being released by Netflix on their social media platforms, you know, Facebook, YouTube, that kind of stuff, and it'll uh, so it'll be um, you know visible quite easily. Well, I'm definitely looking forward to it. I'm really looking forward to the idea of a graphic novel about the Beast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it, it, it's a good one. There's a great story. Sly and I actually uh, riffed off of it uh, to uh, to build it out, and it's fun. <laughs> I'm really looking forward to that. Well, David, we wanted to thank you for taking the time to talk to us today about Ultimate Beastmaster. If I people haven't gotten a chance guys, yet, thanks check for checking out. out the show. Oh, thank you, thank you. Okay, take care. Stay in touch with us uh, on social media. We will. And everyone, be sure to follow Dave Broom on Twitter, at Broom88. He is on the Twitter. Be sure to get at him. Let him know you want to hear all about the backstory to the Beast. Because that sounds like an incredible time. Am I right? Oh, definitely, man. I, I can't wait. And don't forget, you can also catch all the latest information over on at Beastmaster, the official Twitter account of the ultimate Beastmaster. And dare I say, that is a beast of a Twitter handle name. <laughs> My God, man. It's incredible. Heck, get it sly. Let him know. Let him know what's up.
Tell them you're, you're interested in the program. Get it, Terry Crews. Let him know you love his commentary. Follow that Korean announce team. My God, you'll be singing along with them. It's an incredible program. Holler at Netflix. Let them know. Holler, everybody. Talk to us on Twitter. Talk to us on Facebook. We're at PreachCast. I'm at Seth Trav. And for everyone involved, everyone we just mentioned, we want to remind you to always practice what you preach.